Love hanging out with your true crime enthusiast friends talking about cold cases and missing people. Maybe even having the opportunity to ask questions to some of the top forensic scientists, law professionals, and even your favorite podcast hosts. Then sit back and listen to our friend, Amy Hasselbrock, local true crime writer of the Skeleton Key Chronicles, share the highlights of this year's CrimeCon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cincinnati Cabin of Curiosity's Hometown Haunts podcast. I'm Cat Cloco, and with me in the shadows, as always, are Christina and Jen. And tonight, we welcome back Amy Hassebrock. Hello! Welcome back, Amy. Hey, thanks for having me again. Excited to be here tonight. Yes, and I'm excited to talk about crime with you and true crime because you attended CrimeCon 2021. I did. I did. It was an awesome event. Um, This year, they opted to hold the event virtually um, since the in-person event for 2020, which was to take place in Orlando, was canceled. Um, They did a virtual package for the event that was held this past weekend in Austin. Um, It was at the Fairmont Hotel, which is a really nice state-of-the-art hotel in Austin. And I was a little nervous about the virtual platform because I've never attended a convention virtually before. But I have to say, I was super impressed and it kept me busy all weekend long. Starting Friday at noon, I attended different symposiums all the way through Sunday afternoon. And it kept my interest up and the Q and A's were amazing. And um, I was really shocked at how great it was. And I'm telling you, I may attend this virtually in the future if it's an option, because I felt like it was really streamlined and less chaotic than a normal convention where you're running from ballroom to ballroom and mm-hmm. maybe getting sidetracked with a little bit of um, you know, friends and frivolity and maybe not attending as many conferences as you want. But I love right. this. It kept me on pace and on schedule. And I really enjoyed the virtual aspect of it this year. Yeah. So for our listeners who may not know, before we get into the actual virtual bit, a little bit of the history of CrimeCon and what it is, I know they advertise as being the world's number one true crime event. And I would agree with that statement. Yeah, I think it might be one of the world's only true crime events on this scope because it is so Mm -hmm. big. I know that there are some smaller crime conventions that are usually more uh, like historical based or, you know, specialized genres. But as far as the big heavy hitters in the true crime world, CrimeCon brings them out in spades. I mean, uh, I know their first event was in 2017 in Indianapolis. And that was how I missed that. I don't know. Did you go to it? No, I did not. That's the year I found out about it. And it was kind of strange. It was just sheer happenstance. I found out about it. My husband and I were at Mayfest and Mm -hmm. we were sitting at one of those long tables with about eight chairs and we're having a snack and having a beer. And this couple walks up and I hear, you know, this girl talking to her partner. Oh, I'm so bummed out. I can't believe we missed the flight, blah, blah, blah. They sat down next to us. And you know how when people just sat next to you, you kind of hear their combo. And she looks over at me and she's like, have you ever heard of CrimeCon before? 
And I'm like, no, but that sounds super interesting because this is when I was just starting my blog. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, yes, it's in Indianapolis this weekend. Our flight got delayed. We can't fly out till tomorrow. So we were just looking for something to do. So we came here tonight and she started telling me all about it. And I was like, oh my God. She's like, Nancy Grace is going to be there. Keith Morrison's going to be there. You know, and she's going off with all the names, Josh Mankiewicz, all the, some of the people from 2020 and 48 hours. And I was like, wow, that sounds really, really cool. And I didn't really know it was an oxygen event too. Oxygen has become heavily their main sponsor. So Mm. as the years have gone by, you see more and more oxygen programming and uh, promoting more of their shows and, you know, their uh, host and talent and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah, the first one was an indie in 2017. And then there was one in Nashville, which is another Mm -hmm. kind of close by venue. And then there was New Orleans. And then there was Orlando, which was canceled because of COVID. And then now Austin this year, Mm -hmm. so which was over June 4th through 7th weekend. Um, Yeah. And I think next year's in Las Vegas. It is Las Vegas. And then there's one in the UK too, this fall. And there's a cruise. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I did. Talk about that one later, but I was just like, it's in October. So. I know when I saw that, I couldn't help but think of all the cases where people have gone missing on cruises, <laughs> thrown overboard and the yeah, like. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so CrimeCon before COVID struck was like your average <laughs> Christina from the dark is going, we need to go on the cruise. Um, yeah, it, it was like a, a lot of other conferences where you had guest speakers, you would attend the panels and then they had book signings and and. I don't know. And I know they have a podcast area because you had like True Crime Garage and a whole bunch of other well-known crime junkies. First yeah. 48 hours. I <laughs> A lot of my podcast feed also were at CrimeCon. Um, and that's how it usually worked. How did it work this year? Well, it was very similar. Podcast Row was an area of the actual hotel there where they would have all the podcasters and they were staggering their podcasts. Um, They would start around 10 a.m. every day and run till about 11 o'clock at night. So Mm -hmm. there were, um, you know, various um, Q&As, live podcast recordings. Nancy Grace did a live taping with audience interaction. Um, like you mentioned, True Crime Garage and some of the other ones were doing recordings there. Um, they also had a whole separate set of podcasters that were appearing virtually only, wherein those podcasters didn't actually come to Austin. They were just mm-hmm. uh, taping from their houses and operating on the virtual platform. So as a virtual pass holder, I was able to see both. But obviously, if you were an in-person at Austin, mm-hmm. you couldn't see the virtual people, I guess, unless you were on your phone or had a virtual pass. But um, right, no shortage of podcasters, that is for sure. And this was all yeah, happening while the other things so were going many. on. Yeah, yeah, there were so many. And uh, who were the guests for this year? Who did you see? Okay, there watch? were so many guests this year. There were three stages that were all going off at the same time. So when you got your schedule, you really had to pick and choose who you wanted to see. I think they did a really good job kind of staggering uh, the talent across the stages to really, um, it, it was kind of easy for me every time I was able to quickly pick who I wanted to see. I didn't mull over a lot. 
Um, my partner was there, Laura Brand, who I'm assisting in the Bitteker and Norris investigation. Obviously, I watched her presentation. Uh, mm -hmm. Dr. John White, who's a leading serial killer expert, I watched his presentation. Um, the John Green and uh, Body Movin' from Don't F With Cats. I don't know if you've heard about that documentary. They were there. That was a packed, that was a packed house. That was really the, uh, what seemed to be the most popular presentation of the evening. Um, Nancy Grace was there. Uh, Chris Hansen was there. Uh, Derek Lavasseur was there from, uh, uh, he's, he had a few shows actually. Breaking Homicide was one that was really good where he was studying cold cases and he kind of dove into that, the happy face killers. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, Beth Holloway was there, Natalie Holloway's mom. Uh, oh, wow. Kim Goldman, Ron Goldman's sister was there. Dr. Phil was there. Uh, Gil Carrillo from uh, the Night Stalker documentary oh. that dropped on Netflix. He was kind of yeah. the top. That was the, yeah, he was there. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, it really goes. Carrie Rawson, uh, Raider, BTK's daughter was there yeah. promoting her book and she did a great symposium. Um, the Delphi, um, victim uh liberty her mm -hmm. family was there now the other little yeah. girl uh her family wasn't present but liberty's family was there so libby if i remember aunt, right they're very her sister's very loud about solving that delphi case yes her sister was there her cousin and her grandma and uh that was the family of libby german and it was interesting too because they said a few people had come up to them during crime con and said either I thought this case was already solved or wow, I haven't heard about this case. So it was interesting, you know, when they were on the stage doing the Q and A, they're like, you know, it's things like that that make us really eager to come to events like this. So we can really spread the word for people that really don't know that much about the case. But um, yeah, I mean, like the Delphi so case. Yeah. And all these cases are ever evolving, especially if they're still open. So right. yeah. Um, I know I learned about CrimeCon not in 2017, I think it was around 2018, because mm -hmm. uh, the the hosts of the Murder Squad, which are Billy Jensen and Paul Holes, are like constant guests at a CrimeCon. So that's how I knew about it. But I didn't realize it was in Indianapolis until it was too late. Uh, and, yeah. Did I? But... Yeah. So with the VIP package, how did that work? I'm, I'm curious. And how did they get, like, if people are watching, were they able to submit questions live to the panels? Absolutely. The platform that this uh, virtual event was held on was called Hop In. And it was okay. really an interesting platform. It had, uh, you could go to rooms and have conversations just like you were milling about at CrimeCon. Say you were in a Q&A and you, you have your profile pic there, you have your name, so you can really identify who's who. If you are vibing with somebody or you guys are kind of um, interested in the same stuff, you could go to your own area and discuss things further if you were so inclined. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, there was the whole virtual Q&A aspect of it. Um, it was really nice, too, because you could just put it on the big screen and you didn't have to mess with your phone or your laptop. Um, yeah, I mean, it was and it was super easy to use. Uh, no snafus in terms of uh, I don't know. I was shocked when I when when it was virtual. I'm like, oh, is this going to be a pain navigating in between yeah. 
where I want to go and whatnot, but it really wasn't. They had the schedule in a thing called Sketch. It was another app okay. that you could download and that hooked in with hop in and you could just bounce around and go wherever you wanted to go. So was it, did you attend the, um, oh, the, you were talking about them before the show, the uh, home, was it house arrest versions that they did last year? Did you get to no, attend any not. of those? I did not. Okay. I had tickets for the Orlando event um, to actually fly to Orlando. And then sadly that was canceled. Um, that was the one that my partner, Laura, was going to speak at originally. And then they brought, okay. her, uh, brought, they brought everyone kind of from Orlando and kind of uh, okay. pocketed, pocketed them with the current talent for 2021. So I feel like this was probably like a, a lot of people um, as far as guest goes at this particular crime con. Cause I think they were trying to kind of sandwich the 2020 uh, crowd with the um, 2021 crowd. So yeah. there were plenty of speakers to go around. That's for sure. Yeah. And there were some people that were able to attend locally in Austin. Yeah. A lot of people flew down, uh, got a room oh, wow. at Fairmont. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. Originally. I was going to fly to Orlando. I had my hotel and everything booked ready yeah. to go, but wah, wah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I mentioned, you know, um, after attending it virtually, I feel like I got more out of it than when I attend a convention in person. Really. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, then they really did a good job scheduling. That. I, they really did. I mean, I felt like I attended way more presentations. I wasn't monkeying around, um, you know, walking around being distracted or whatever. I literally made sure I was present at everything I wanted to see where, and if I was actually there in person, I don't know if I would have been as good at, the, at that. Right. Uh, do you have any funny stories from attending this one or previous crime cons? Well, I will tell you, I don't know how funny it is, but um, I saw- Or, well, or favorite, notable? Oh my gosh. There are, there are so many. I mean, Chris Hansen was absolutely hilarious. I mean- if you know him from cat to catch a predator days where he was, you know, uh, undercover with the perverted justice people who would act as mm -hmm. like the sexy decoys online and lure all the creepy guys into the houses. He told a really interesting story that I had never heard before. And, uh, it was one of the first episodes they had ever filmed of to catch a predator and they were set up in a house and you know they had the decoys in another room running these chats and they're literally printing the chats off you know so chris has his notes so when the creep comes into the house you know he can say well you know according to this you asked her if she could blah 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 you know you know kind of how the drill was with to catch a predator well apparently they were getting so many guys coming to the house. They had three coming in at one time. So when the guy comes in, they're trying to waylay the other guys outside. When the guy comes in, um, Chris comes in with his notes and he's like, it says here that you, you told our decoy that you wanted to blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, uh, no, that wasn't me. So somebody oh, hands Chris no. a piece of paper and he takes a piece of, well, it says here that you wanted to meet the decoy. And he's like, no, that wasn't me. Then they handed him another piece of paper. And he's like, well, it says here that you wanted to, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. That was the one. So, I mean, it just goes to show how many people they had piling in. I mean, you would never dream that when you were watching one of those shows, right? That there was I mean, no. it was no shortage of people rolling through there. 
So, uh, so the so first thing that, that was kind of funny. That that's terrifying to think that they got that many people in the honey trap. It, it's just oh yeah. And then coming all at one time. And then the second thought I have is those production assistants, the PAs were just running around like mad. Like, can you imagine? That's, that's <laughs> disgusting and interesting at the same time. Mm. It is. It is. Yeah. It's disgusting and interesting. One of those things that you can really find at crime con quite, quite often. And, and then you're with all your peers who are just reacting the same way going, holy what like oh yeah i mean and he had a lot of questions too you know people would stand up in the audience and they were like you know because i don't know if you know this but he's also the executive producer for the onision documentary that aired it's about that youtube talent onision and how he was grooming young girls via his significant other you know she was kind of aiding him and getting these young girls into his house. Well, Chris Hansen has sort of singularly cracked that case. He got Onision demonetized and all these other things. There's actually a part two of that. And also new to Catch a Predator is in the making right now. It's in the can, apparently they've shot it and they're still shopping it. So that should be out soon. I guess it really plays into the new, um, you know, how, how, what a more, not technical, but just how we live in a world completely online now compared to like the original To Catch a Predator. I mean, that was way before a lot of social media and, you know, kids that are 10, 11, and 12 having social media accounts. Mm -hmm. He kept getting questions like, how do I uh, make sure my 10-year-old is safe on social media? And it was basically like, your 10-year-old should not be on social media. He was very matter of fact about it, you know? Yeah. He was not mincing words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty entertaining. Um, Gil Carrillo was really entertaining too, the cop from the Night Stalker case. He didn't talk a lot about the case, but um, mm-hmm. he did just talk a lot about his life and his experience. And he was a really interesting guy. Um, Laura's presentation on the Toolbox Killers was awesome and spot on. I wish she would have had more time. I mean, there was just, mm-hmm. she did the untold story and there's so much that she went into that she's never you know, really talked about you know, on really live before. But, yeah, um, no, it was just it's so the- tricky. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. They closed her presentation with a trailer of her new show, though, that's going to land on oxygen this fall. So that was oh, really that's neat to get good. the first teaser of it. Yeah, it was like goosebumps. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. That's super exciting. What's the name of, for those who may not know, what's the name of the new show on Oxygen that she's doing? The Toolbox uh, Killer one. I, I, we are not really, really sure of the actual name that they're going to go with, but we think it's just going to be the untold story of the Toolbox Killers. We're okay. not 100% sure yet, though. As soon as okay. I find out, I'll be sure to let everybody know and promote it vigorously on oh, yeah. platforms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's shot. It's shot, but it. I think it's gonna be airing during fall se- the fall season. So okay, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, I was really excited too about the whole cast from. I mean, not cast because it was a documentary, but the players from Don't F with Cats. That was really interesting, and the projects that they're doing are they're doing some really important work in terms of animal abuse and tracking down people who abuse animals on the internet. 
actual uh-huh. kind of boots on the ground work and getting these people prosecuted and actually, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that there was a law on the books that Obama had actually put in place in regards to a certain type of, I'm not gonna go too deeply into it because people are very affected by this, but it's a certain type of animal abuse that is prevalent on the internet. And that mm-hmm. he actually wrote that in to make it a, a it's a federal level felony. Wow. So that's going to be immediate prison time. So they're working a lot with, I don't know if you're familiar with that documentary, but what they did was they had seen some videos online and they were able to pinpoint the location of the individual that was putting these videos up online of animal abuse. What Mm -hmm. happened was this individual went on to commit a murder, a very heinous murder, and also broadcasted it on the internet. Oh, no, they made like a live action snuff film. Absolutely. They tracked him down. His name was Luca Magnata. They tracked him down to his actual coordinates of where he was just based on things in the background of his apartment and various other things. So they're very good at Internet sleuthing. And that kind of became their forte. And with that film and the success of it, they were able to sort of parlay that into taking it to the next level and tracking down all of these creepy people that make these horrific videos and uh mm-hmm. really you know get justice and throw the book at these people hopefully because you know that is one of the common things that you know dr john white said why there is while there is no one common denominator for serial killers animal abuse is a very high up there with these guys yeah and girls yeah. so yeah it's, it's, very it's one of the red to- flags it is one of about, yeah. what is it? 164 red flags. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I didn't yeah, realize there so. were that many red flags, yes, but I'll have to look up that documentary. Cause I, I could see why it would be one of the more popular um, talks during the event, because really animal abuse is something that everyone has an opinion on and it's generally very bad. And it wanting is. to hear how to help stop it. I, a lot. Of, I think everyone loves their pet dog, cat, bird, rabbit, ferrets, whatever. But and no one wants to see them harmed. So that's that's no. a yeah, that's a good cause to get behind. Just, it is. And the, and the project's called Animal Beta Project. That's the name of their new project. That's the one where they're you know they're kind of uh, taking this to the next level and really trying to get justice uh, for these poor little animals and get the books thrown at all these creeps that do this for i don't know what reason uh yeah yeah but um perverse reasons ones we probably would never understand so well on that fun note and fun in the most sarcastic tone christina and jen why don't you join us I have lots to say. Yeah, (laughs) I bet you do. Go right ahead, Jen. Okay. The people that did Don't F with Cats are freaking amazing. And I, when I watched that, because I kept hearing about it on all my podcasts I was listening, I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll watch it. They don't really show the animals, the videos that he posted, but I still had a hard time watching those. So I just kind of fast forwarded through those, but I'm glad it God loved them for being able to look at that stuff more than once to track these jerks down. And absolutely. 
I and just, when they did the, go ahead. I was just going to say when they did, cause they did another breakout session about the animal beta project, it, mm-hmm. just about that. And they literally have to watch these videos hundreds of times to get clues in the background about where these people are. You know what I mean? It can be the most mm-hmm. innocuous thing. It could be a piece of newspaper on the floor. They, you know, they stop the image, they zoom in, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, one of the most important things they said is, you know, a lot of people did have that really visceral reaction to don't F with cats. And mm-hmm. they said, no way, I'm not going to watch that. I don't care if they barely show anything. I'm not watching it. But their mm-hmm. real point was, as long as people stick their head in the sand about these kind of things, right. people get away with it. And they also yeah. escalate the behavior. Yes, it that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It does. Well, and it does. And. Well, I was talking to you earlier before we started recording about watching dead, marathoning deadly women and throughout time, everybody, they either underestimate women that are going to be killers or they just can't wrap their head around it. And it's just like, they can't, you have to be willing to look inside the darkness, right? You got to be willing to see it and accept it and go, wait a minute that's not right. I need to do something about it. I've never been faced with that decision. Not yet. Hopefully never. But I think most of the time they were just like, I, I can't possibly fathom that. So therefore it can't possibly happen. And this person can't possibly be doing what they're, they're doing or what, mm-hmm. and, but people tell you who they are. They tell you what they're going to do. And when they post stuff like that on the internet, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a lot of killers, they want credit for their work. They want to be known. So believe them when they tell you something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with um, just family abuse too. Like Mm -hmm. people are going to just stick their heads in the sand while they watch their neighbors beat their kids. And no, but there is something about animal abuse though. There really is. I mean, people love true crime. They love all these shows, but the second you put an animal people mm-hmm. flip out and and that and and that's i'm guilty of it you know mm-hmm. but the, the minute you do that the minute the animal abusers escalate in order to get attention and make it more mm-hmm. and more heinous and mm-hmm. it really proliferates people really need to be cognizant of this i'm not suggesting we go on and just start looking at these heinous videos but in an instance like don't f with cats i think that should mm-hmm. be required viewing for everybody i mean it really should well it may didn't they come to, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but they came to a realization at some point that we have to do something about this. No one else is going to do anything about oh, it. Oh yeah. We have to do it. And then they just took it on and God love them. God love them. They took that jerk down. They did. They did. They yeah. did. And it was called, it was happening in Canada, you know, and they're down mm-hmm. here in the United States. It's, it's John Green, by the way, and Deanna, Deanna Thompson and she was Mm -hmm. body moving she went by her sock puppet account on Facebook remember it was body moving but her real name Mm -hmm. is Deanna Thompson and he's John Green and you know they were just two people from different parts of the U.S. that had really good brains for this attention to detail they were great at Mm -hmm. Google Maps they had a great working knowledge of random things like uh, the vacuum cleaner remember the vacuum cleaner that kind of crack oh, the yeah. case the particular uh-huh. vacuum cleaner but you really yeah. kind of have wow. to watch it but it's, it's it is a great Amazing. armchair solve it's a great armchair uh group of people that solve something and those are always great stories you know well 
And when I first heard about it, I didn't think it was true crime. I had no idea until I watched it. I was just like, oh, that is not what I was expecting. It doesn't (laughs) sound like one. I I mean, when you read the entire title, it's don't F with cats hunting an internet killer, but hunting an internet killer is the secondary title. So never even heard of it. Never even heard of that secondary title. (laughs) Yeah. I keep seeing it recommended, but uh, I don't know if I have the stomach to watch it or not if they were actually hurting cats. They Well, just they only show this. about 18 seconds of the beginning of one video. You can get the gist of what happens, but they don't show the entire thing. No. They specifically no. limited this mm-hmm. uh, way. They cut it way down. They just wanted the audience to get the gist of how mm-hmm. heinous yeah. everything was. So these but people it's, were murdering cats? Yes. Yeah. And then he when went on to murder a person individual Whoa. yes that's just yeah. really yeah, i mean both are luca sad, magnata yeah yeah luca magnata well and i think at one point he found out where donna lived didn't he wasn't he well, harassing her well Ooh. he found out where she worked remember the video mm-hmm. walking through the casino that he posted okay. on from the youtube yes okay. he found out where she yeah. worked because she's like a computer programmer in vegas and she oh. works with one of the big hotels down there. So yeah. it's great. You guys have to watch it. It's yeah. a docu-series. I mean, there are several episodes, but it yeah. is really yeah. good. Well, did and you just literally just turn your the, head away. Yeah, just I had to hit the the 10 second until it was gone. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, That's I know perfect. what's coming and I still don't want to see it. <laughs> Didn't uh, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer murder animals before he yes. murdered people? absolutely he was he was he had his own little shed just Uh all of his bones and all sorts of animal abuse and i'm sure they're still digging Mm -hmm. up bones up there in ohio you know somewhere Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of them have brain injuries also as children oh interesting is that true yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so absolutely even even as an adult say you get into a really bad car accident and then you get a bad head and injury the swelling or whatever happens to your brain it can change your personality sometimes Mm -hmm. it changes you for the better sometimes it changes you um for the worse like i also binge watched homicide hunter not too long ago and i think one of his cases this guy murdered his entire family and uh kenda joe uh detective joe kenda said um that he had gotten a head injury or had a stroke or something happened with his brain. And after that, mm-hmm. he completely changed and ended up murdering his entire family. Wow. And it's not just serial yeah. killers. It's no. uh, professional Mm-mm. sports players, professional mm-hmm. wrestlers. You hear this all mm-hmm. the time. Um, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. people with multiple concussions that go completely yeah. off the deep end. Uh, mm-hmm. They kill people themselves. A wrestler killed his entire family. His mm-hmm. brain was donated to science. It was massively concussed time and time again. Yeah. So. And COVID can to- do this too. They're oh, wonderful. Yeah, this is one of the big things where people are just like, oh, well, my kids can get COVID. They'll survive. COVID can and has shown in a few cases to cause brain injury and mm. um, create kind of like a Alzheimer's-like condition really no. early on or expedite no. things like that. So yeah, there there are cases. So like one reason why my family never left the house was we're like no mm-mm, we're not going to risk that mm-mm. so right. no just something to know for down the road in like just a few years we'll see what kind of cases happen and if that's involved yeah. at all mm-hmm. so I, on a different note 
There's a cruise. <laughs> There's a crime con cruise. And you know. wanted to go, Christina. Well, but with I mean, COVID and the diseases. Well, there, yeah. there is that. I mean, I, I wonder if the cruise industry is going to survive, you know, is, is going to get back to where it was because um, people in general get sick on cruises a lot. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you know, I've been really sick on cruises way before COVID, you know, <laughs> uh, with the norovirus. No, seriously, mm-hmm. I had the norovirus. Yeah, yeah, I was I've in my room for five days. Oh, yeah, no. it was terrible. Because you're in yeah. close quarters with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's recirculated it's air. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and you have to you have to realize that it th- they turn over those ships in four hours before more people get back on. Oh, those really? ships never get. Yeah, those ships run for six months out of the year nonstop, and really? it's a four hour turnover time to reload everything and put new passengers on. You are not thoroughly cleaning a vessel that large in four hours. So, yeah, it's pretty heinous. And this is pre-COVID. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, I was. I've been on a. I've been on enough cruises for a lifetime. So, been there, you want to hear something really disgusting? You found yes. bed bugs on a cruise? No, I got airsick on an airplane once. Really bad turbulence. I get motion sickness, and it made me mm-hmm. projectile mm-hmm. vomit, which I've never done in my life. Whoa. Oh well, I had a lay- layover. <clears throat> and I went into the bathroom to throw up and my tongue hit the side of the toilet. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which made me and you even more. Oh, I survived. No. <laughs> I survived. This was long, 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 long time ago. But yeah. So oh. yeah, I don't like getting sick when I uh, travel, but I always no. do. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to, I've got to learn how to drive better because Jed got was getting motion sick when I was driving. But <laughs> it was in your hybrid, not so yeah. much in the in the the well, Civic, that, but the the Civic yeah. has been totaled. Yeah, yeah, but 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 you know when I, I I took our little our little kitten Bob to the to the vet, and when mm-hmm. we got him from the rescuers, they said that um, they said the the rescuer said you know he's a little bit sensitive to being in the car. And our vet's only a mile away. And the second I took him out of the car, he threw up because he was motion sick. Oh, poor little cat. I mean, fortunately, I had a towel in there or whatever, but yeah, we've, yeah. we've seriously digressed here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we were Everybody's talking about animals. Yeah, everybody yeah. needs to take their Dramamine. Um, but I don't know if you can give it to cats. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, um, so the this is, is there any chance you'd ever be a guest at one of these to me yeah like how do they I, I doubt it or do they just like have like the dateline nbc level guests or whatever you, it is the i mean it's gotten so popular through the years and it's such big names i mean dr phil was there wow i mean yeah i mean so yeah i doubt i'm going to be in the company of dr phil in the near future you never Even know though, though i mean you yeah. never know. But yeah, Nancy Grace, Dr. Phil, I know in past years, Keith Morrison was there. Uh, Josh Mankiewicz was there virtually. Uh, Chris Hansen, of course, was there. Um, and then you've got a lot of the victims' families like Beth Holloway, Natalie Holloway's mom, and uh, Ron Goldman's sister. Yeah, so it really is mostly either high-level academics 
doctors that are uh, forensic psychologists, uh, psychology professors that have studied serial killers, people with knowledge to the inner workings of the case, people like Laura Brand, um, other people that have worked on like the Austin bomber case. That was a really interesting symposium. They had all of the police footage and all of the um, like the night camera footage of when they actually caught this guy and he blew himself up. Uh, they had oh. all of that footage from the helicopter that's never been seen before. So you get people that have lots of law enforcement officers, victims, families, the academics, the academic types, and then just the sheer people that are kind of exalted to you now TV personalities, right? Like Nancy Grace, even though she's an attorney, she's now, you know, her personality in the true crime world kind of eclipses, you know, her, her law background. Uh, so people like that. So it's pretty high level. And the more popular it gets, I can only imagine that it's going to get, you know, more and more high level with the guest and the speakers and whatnot. But they'll probably have more yeah. and more of these too, though. Like they could have more than just, yeah. And maybe as they have more of them, you know, I mean, do they have... Maybe Oh, go on. I was going to say maybe eventually, I'm sorry, I got something on my, it'll uh, become something like every city has its own. Yeah, like I was Comic just Con. thinking that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. sorry. Well, I'm looking through the the post, uh, what's it? Sorry, wow, that was just word word jumble coming out of my mouth. Um, the guy, oh, never mind. Just ignore everything that I'm saying. I'm just looking at the guest. Leslie Rule, there we go. She's one of the guests too. And her mother was, um, rule who did uh the ted bundy wasn't it Anne oh and rule yeah and rule yeah thank you yeah and leslie rule is actually quite a prolific paranormal author as well so mm. she crosses both uh genres sorry you can just ignore everything i just said it was just nonsense no and they have a lot of crossover too i mean they have they have some really interesting stuff they had a guy there um who has spent the last 20 years of his life trying to shut down the whole murderabilia market. He actually coined oh. the term. His I've never Andy heard of Kahan. that. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Andy, oh yeah. His name's Andy Kahan. And um, it was kind of interesting because he's one of the last presentations I saw and he had all this murder, murderabilia there, you know, by different, uh, you know, green river killer, this guy, that guy, the other guy. And a girl, a lady stood up in the audience and was like, you know, what separates you from another murderabilia collector? Furthermore, what separates us, attendees of CrimeCon, from this same kind of thing? I mean, we're all we're not sort of supporting the, the serial killer in jail. So he can for making buy them cigarettes. continuously famous and notable. Well, that's what that's what her point was. Yeah. Just like yeah. you know, we're also giving momentum to these you know horrific True. things that happened. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of a neat little. <laughs> How did he respond? Yeah, that's um, a good question. Mm -hmm. You know, he he said something to the effect of, "Well, if I've got it, no one else does." And then he said mm. something really sort of trite, like, "And you know." Uh, someday I might just sell it all and make a whole lot of money. Whoa. Would it that like, be perpetuating no. the problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this guy, they, the majority of his symposium was showing old clips from Geraldo, which I actually saw back in the day, this actual episode of Geraldo, which that was hysterical. That was like being in a time machine watching that. <laughs> but it was when he was in Her on Geraldo and something else. But anyway, it was it was kind of weird. And his collection isn't that great. He's got oh, some like so, hand tracings and a, one one or two pieces of art, uh, a tuft of hair, and 
something else. So it's not like yeah. he has some sort of big burgeoning uh, collection. It feels like he squandered a really good topic. He so, really, I know. I was ready to really get uh, some levity and I don't yeah. know, frankly, it probably would have been more interesting to have some of the guys that he had previously been on stage with on the Geraldo episode, who were the actual collectors trying to, you know, explain why they did this. But um, yeah, there's a whole so, epi- there's a whole series on that on Amazon called Serial Killer Culture, which is very interesting. Yeah. And all those really I'll have to watch show. that. That's how that's a, one thing that uh, did they do? Do they do things on because uh, one thing you kind of touched on was this sort of amateur sleuth movement. And, you know, especially as, as I mean, a lot of times people talk about, you know, these crime cases, but a lot of times police, you know, don't have that big a budget to research this sort of stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. do they give people um, advice and resources for if they want to do amateur sleuthing? Is that something that police departments discourage or encourage? They discourage very much so. So they don't uh, they like discourage. the Sherlock's homesing. <laughs> yeah, they're not interested. They want you to take any information you have and go directly to the police department with you, with it. They don't want you proliferating anything you see on any website or social media. They really did touch on that a lot during the when the family of uh, Libby German was there about the Delphi murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they touched mm-hmm. a lot on that because I guess they've just been besieged with information and mm-hmm. uh, rumor, innuendo, Facebook pages people have set up, you know, discussing the case. And, you know, uh, the cousin got really... Uh, up in arms about it she was probably about my age you know her sister was there who was younger and grandma was there but the cousin was probably in her 40s and she was just like not having any of it she said she eventually had to just remove all of her social media because she got to the point where she was ready to go ballistic and you know understandably so so the general message with that during the q a which was led by derek uh lavasseur um who's a cop turn a cop turned private investigator turned tv show host um, you know, was really, yeah, we're not into the armchair people, but you know, it's like Jensen. I mean, I know Holes is a, a cop, but Billy Jensen, that's kind of how he started mm-hmm. it. He was a Facebook armchair sleuth that solved that crime, you know, at the corner market there in New mm-hmm. York and did the mm-hmm. Facebook ads. And so, I mean, I think there's a difference between actual um really good vetted information versus a bunch of rumor conjecture and just general bs of uh sort of the mm-hmm. cackling on facebook you know and, well, I think, yeah. you know, if- and look at michelle yeah. mcnamara for example oh yeah she is like you she was a true cl- crime blogger she was obsessed with it but she really had a detective mind and both billy and paul have have said that and paul holes has said multiple times that if it had not been for her we wouldn't have gotten where we got with the case so with golden state killer so it i think there are people out there that can do those things but there are also people out there that think they can and they can't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people that really know what they're doing aren't contacting the family for personal details. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They are working at with all. Yeah, right. They're coming with their eyes dotted and their T's crossed with actual right. good information. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because it's serious, heavy responsibility to be talking about anything true crime, especially Mm -hmm. if the family and the victims are still alive. And just as a true crime author, you're very cognizant of how you're treating everyone you're talking about, especially if they're still alive. But it doesn't matter if they're alive or dead, really. What I like about Crime Con is the fact they're including victims' families, survivors, Mm -hmm. the police officers and lawyers handling these cases. And also in some years, they also have people who had been incarcerated and through evidence have been released. So they're talking Mm -hmm. about how they were involved in these situations. And that's also a really good and not very much spoken about um, perspective on a lot of these cases. So I I like how well-rounded it is. Someday we should all try to go to one Mm -hmm. of these Yeah, there's really something for everybody, really. I mean, regardless of what your interest level is, or if you're like a diehard law enforcement person, if you're more into forensics and the academia, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's really something for everyone. You know, like I was telling Kat, I stayed busy. I attended like back-to-back symposiums much more than if I would have been there in person. I know for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would have been off. Hey, well, let's go get a burrito. We're in Austin. Or, well, and tra- <laughs> there's a tra- time just yeah. to get there. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Hopefully, because they had such a good internet presence this year, maybe they'll be able to keep making it dual where you have people there live, but you mm-hmm. also can have a large audience who aren't necessarily in the States and able to watch these. Yeah. Or in like, or able to or, travel to Austin, or Orlando able to travel or, to Austin. Yeah. You're you're lowering that um, gateway basically, or that threshold, so more people could experience this instead of having to travel. Yes, so. for sure. And mm. I got a little swag bag because ooh, I did the ooh. VIP virtual package. Mm-hmm. Let me show you guys what I got. Oh yes, show us your goodies. I got ooh. this little bag. Okay. Oh, True nice. 24/7. nice. <laughs> okay. And then I got awesome. these little socks, which I haven't worn yet, but it says on the bottom, Shh, I'm watching <laughs> crime shows. So those will be <laughs> cute. You need I got Carrie Rawson's new book, Serial oh, Killer's nice. Daughter. This is BTK's daughter. I'm about halfway Ooh. through this. This is good. Yeah. Um, some stickers, a button, some nice little glossy true crime compliments of people and oxygen mm-hmm. and a sweatshirt so oh, I'm nice. i can yes i can dork out at the next crime con with my ensemble so i was just gonna say i was jealous your friend got a picture with uh the guy that plays kenda on homicide hunter because oh I started gosh. following her on Instagram. I'm like, go for Kenda. <laughs> yeah, I can't oh, remember that guy's name, but yeah. I, I can't a, either, but like, oh my God. I saw that too. I saw yeah. that too. I'm sure the ladies were all over him. I'm, he seems mm. like a popular kind of, and you know, the demographic, there are so many women there. It is a very, you yeah. know, females, 23 to 47 kind of demo. So, so do, is, so, it, is it Carl Marino? Yes. 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 So do they go. feel there like, you go, Carl. Do they feel like in this age of social media that it's easier to catch these uh, criminals? Or is there so many red herrings it gets complicated? 
I would think maybe not as much with social media per se, but I think this genetic genealogy and how popular this has become oh, with yeah. people like Cece Moore and, you know, solving all of these cases. So many people, you know how we were talking about armchair detectives, they're taking up this as a hobby and they're learning genetic genealogy. I myself am in a class right now with uh, the Red Graves. Wow. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm learning genetic genealogy and that's because I'm already like an ancestry uh, a genealogical buff. I've had ancestry.com for since 98, since uh, mm -hmm. it almost first came out. So I'm really into that. My brain kind of moves along those channels. So now I'm taking sort of the forensic aspect of it and uh, trying to learn that. So that's another thing that people can do. And I think social media proliferating these messages, you know, and people are able to get involved more in doing something that could actually help. I think in, in that sense, it, it definitely helps more than you know, a couple crazy Facebook uh, groups about a case or something mm -hmm. would hinder an investigation. I think in the long run, stuff like this is really going to help because a lot of people can use their time to their free time to learn genetic genealogy and volunteer for, you know, the Doe Network, Doe Trans Task Force. Mm -hmm. That's another thing for uh, trans people that often get swept under the rug mm -hmm. in these cases. I know the Red Graves work a lot on that task force. So just lots of important different elements and social media really helps proliferate that information and it gets people excited. You know, they think these killers mm -hmm. are sleeping with one eye open and they should be because we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's really cool. That sounds like a, I mean, if there's one close, I, I'd definitely be up for like going for a day and seeing, you know, oh, yeah. what it was like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah you know because it does it does seem like uh, it, it has the pop is the popularity driven more by now this is a kind of a weird question but it, but ha do you think the podcasts have driven the interest more than even the tv shows have like my favorite murder and that sort of thing make i would say feel yes I think it's, I think it's the demographic for a younger demographic, for sure. The podcasts are responsible for getting a whole new crop of younger people mm -hmm. interested in this topic. Mm -hmm. um, but there are plenty of, uh, you know, people that are almost 50 my age that have been into this way before podcasts ever happened. And mm -hmm. we're a lot, we're also present there. I would say the, the bigger demographic at these crime cons are really the older people. Um, yeah. You know, not it. These aren't cheap. You know, it's it's easy to spend three or four grand by the time you're done with the flying and the hotel and the tickets yeah. and the yeah. You know, but I would definitely say podcast has driven true crime immensely in terms mm -hmm. of the younger generation. But um, you know, true crime is it's popular with you know a lot of people, and as you can see, I mean, there's channels now dedicated, and and I. I'm not a millennial. I'm not a Gen Zer, but I know they don't watch a lot of. No, they don't. Right. Well, so true somebody's crimes, watching this. Yeah. True crime has always been interesting to any community. I mean, mm -hmm. you can look back at Jack the Ripper. You can look back at even before then all across the world, the society wanted to watch out for crime and especially very heinous crime. Uh, you're right. Uh, millennials and Zoomers don't watch too much tv i don't even have cable so i can't watch even if i wanted to unless i had a subscription a lot of the true crime shows i can't watch them because they're not on netflix and and they're not on amazon prime streaming a lot are but some aren't uh, a lot of the oxygen shows i don't think are and um but 
True Crime Garage, my favorite murder, uh, murder. I don't know why I always mess up their name. Um, crime Junkies, all of those uh, at uh, Murder Squad. Uh, they are on podcasts. They're everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And people like myself, I'm an older millennial. I listen to podcasts while I'm working. And mm-hmm. also during COVID, when all we're all shut down, I think crime listening to crime podcasts skyrocketed double digits it became the most popular genre of podcast for a few months uh, especially during the winter i think i don't have the stats to back up that statement but definitely just looking at rankings it seemed to be that way well i guess it kind so. of is always been an obsession like i mean you think about like agatha christie and like the, you know mm-hmm. all of these 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 books mystery novels are a huge genre and what she is wrote. that yeah and what is that? those yeah. are all armchair sleuths that solve crimes so mm-hmm. i think everybody well, up until really the late 1800s early 1900s it had to be an armchair sleuth who solved crimes because people who had the observation skills to do this there was no law enforcement it wasn't organized so Mm -hmm. it it was basically whoever was in charge and their friends so Uh uh-huh well you you got a picture like like this this sort of like if you watch and you were talking about one being in the uk i think if you get brit box or if you get acorn like 90 percent of british television is crime shows they love it and and so i could i could picture like everybody's dream is to be hercule poirot or miss marple or whatever and so like when you have these people solving crimes and stuff they're sort of channeling their dream to be jessica fletcher you know or whatever i want to be jessica fletcher (laughs) i want people dying around me no i really don't but (laughs) what what i like about them is you can kind of get some sort of insight into why and what makes these people tick like i since i've started listening like i've always been interested in serial killers and things but then i started listening to my favorite murder and i just went woo deep dive and Mm -hmm. um the patterns that i've been seeing throughout everything not that and it's it's fun to look fun it's interesting to look back at things that happened 20 years ago or a hundred years ago that have an ending, have some sort of ending. It's mm-hmm. really hard to do the, uh, the unsolved cold case. Well, stuff the reason why we like that, at least my take is during COVID, we need resolve. We yeah. need to know that there's we need an the bad guy caught. Yeah. 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 And so. so often it doesn't happen, but maybe, you know, with a lot of this stuff, maybe they will get more of these things solved properly. You mm-hmm. know, um, Amy, have you ever thought about like, I, I always enjoy reading your posts on Facebook uh, for oh, uh, yeah. Skeleton Crime. Oh, yeah. Kind of, I mean, they are actually some of the most interesting posts in my feed. And I yes. find, I, I feel like I'm always learning things. Um, yes. <laughs> have you thought about doing a book? Because you put so much thought into your posts. I mean, I know not all of these are the ones that you do deep dive searches in, but have you thought about doing a book or something like that? Uh, maybe a little. I've thought about it. I don't know. This is very much just like a light hobby for me. You know, I don't take anything too seriously. I'm a Virgo. I can be very into something for three or four years, feel like I master it and move on and take on something 
totally different. I've been that way my whole life. Um, so I try not to get too attached to anything in particular, but I've thought about it. You know, I do have, I think I've got 110 different pieces that I've written on my blog at this point, you know, and I know it's, a you can self-publish these days and do all that stuff. But, you know, a lot of times you end up with a spare room filled with books, you know, I don't, that is a <laughs> risk. Yeah. yeah. So Unless I have some real, you know, dying uh, urge to do something, I sort of keep it light and just see where the day may take me, you know, see what opportunities come my way. But I don't spend a lot of time really um, drilling down to, you know, have a big career move or anything like that. I just like to keep Mm -hmm. it light and keep it fun and keep it a hobby. Because once I go past that point, then it's not quite as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you, cause well, you've recently been doing writing for oxygen. So what was that like? Is that something you want to do more of? Well, I've been helping Laura with the case. I was doing lots of research. So I was basically spending my days going down the rabbit hole, tracking down people from 40 years ago that were involved in the Bitteker and Norris case, everything from just random witnesses that were listed in police reports to actual victims, to people that used to hang out at the Scott Motel where they lived. Um, So I was really tracking down people. Um, I was tracking down convicts. Um, I was doing a lot of tracking down and then I was helping Laura with a little bit of the writing in terms of proposals and whatnot in regards to that show that she landed. So Mm -hmm. yeah, lots of research. Research is something I never tire of. I can definitely say that with, you know, self-assuredness. I can always just spend time alone going down the rabbit hole and researching something. I do. I've always enjoyed that. So, yeah. Well, a lot of, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. No, I was just going to say anytime something like that comes my way, I will always take it on, you know, to do some research to assist in something like that. That's why the genetic genealogy appeals to me. It's something I can work on, you know, myself. I'm very much like kind of a solo flyer. Um, So I like things that I can just do, you know, on my own. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I always read your posts right before I go to bed. And I (laughs) I am often asking myself, what is wrong with people? (laughs) And I'm like, all right, go to bed. (laughs) I know that's the running, that's the running question in my head all the time. Hey, did you see the lady with the eight inch eyelashes this morning though? That was kind of a- Oh my goodness. Because well, I saw the picture first. So I'm like, what? What is on That's her face? I mean. And then I read it. I'm like, I was just like, how does she pin those back? Like, like I, I was just thinking of just the mechanics it of it, of living with them. I, I, I was just yeah. kind of, yeah. I, didn't, I, I know. I mouth. didn't see that one. Is I'm going to have heavy? to, I need to, I'm going to go look at that right now. I was flabbergasted <laughs> when I saw it. I'm like, how does that even happen to for an eyelash to grow that long? I can barely get mine over, uh, you know, two I millimeters. Know, or how it doesn't just like, <laughs> I mean, because mine fall out all the time. It just how right. did they not yeah. get in her eyes? I, I, I like it. Know. A Chinese woman broke her own Guinness World Record when she, with her longest eyelash, was measured at a eight inches long. Wow, it's, that it's, is really in the creepy. photo. It's just going right down her cheek. It looks like it she's is. crying her own eyelashes. 
but wow wow it's so i i don't like that stuff like the hair and the nails and any yeah the big long I, twisty nails i used to be yes, obsessed with those when i was a kid in the guinness book so of world record yes so gross and i you, you know i also do watch dr pimple popper so it's really what? nasty i don't that's the don't. one thing i cannot watch you guys that was i was against it forever and then whatever one night i decided to start watching it and then i was up till five o'clock in the damn morning watching video after video and now i can't stop but it's only her like i i have gone on the tag thing on instagram don't do that just don't it's gross don't worry i can't even watch her like i can't I don't know. Maybe it's my trypophobia well, or something. I can't handle. I can't and watch the either. only I reason watch I watch her is because she is very informative and she really, really goes out of her way to help her patients. Mm-hmm. And she is really changing their lives. And that is what I like about it. And it's just weird watching stuff come out of things. Uh, but it's, all, it's only chill. skin deep, right? It's only skin deep. Like I couldn't mm. watch mm. open heart surgery or anything like that. See, I can watch all that. I can watch the 600 mm. pound life, the entire slice and dice, the excess no. skin Mm-mm. removal. Oh no. But that Mm-mm. pimple popping. I don't know what that is. I can't do that one. I know well, that goes right into that body horror kind of stuff that yeah, makes me yeah, queasy. Yeah. So nope. see, I can watch all of it when it's fake, like all the horror stuff in movies. It doesn't bother me, but even a little bit, even now it's so realistic sometimes i'm like oh i don't feel right <laughs> you know but i i definitely cannot watch the real stuff like my my best friend she is a surge tech mm. and i tell her not to tell me stories about work because she wants to tell me stories about work and i'm like no 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 and she'll hint at things like we got splashed today oh my like, god don't say things like that to me Please we do not splash. That's, that's a t-shirt. Sister, that's a t-shirt slogan. My sister has literally made me turn around and vomit from really? the stories that she has. Is she told. a nurse? Yes, mm. she's a nurse practitioner. Uh, now she's in private practice as a nurse practitioner. But for twenty years, she worked at UC and oh was assisting in all sorts of. Oh dear God! I mean, talks of having to wear hazmat suits because people were just crawling in bugs and maggots on their bodies. Whoa. I mean, the most ungodly crap you have ever heard of in your entire life. Like, oh my God. I would be like, Tara, no, please. And she loves it. She's my little sister. She well, yeah. thinks it's funny to push me yeah. over the limit like this. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. next Thankfully, thing I know, I'm f- in the bathroom. Well, you know, I think if my friend doesn't push it that far, (laughs) I think if you do it for a living, you probably get desensitized in a big way. I mean, obviously you have to be compartmentalize a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a friend that was training to be an EMT and the people that do that, they're into it. Like they, yeah, she's into it. Yeah. They, my my friend too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they hated when they had to go on calls that were like nothing, like they liked the huge trauma you know that oh, that yeah. for them was 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 exciting you know risk i yeah. mean i guess you get kind of addicted to rescuing people and you know well, and God love them. rush yeah we, thank, we thank need God they're here yeah i hope oh, yeah, i never need, need them <laughs> oh totally totally uh, you know 
But um, well, it's been great talking to you, Amy, again. Yeah, it's, it's always yeah. wonderful to have you on the show. And next time we have you on, we'll we'll talk about the murder that we'd kind of talked about talking about. Yes, <laughs> we will. We'll, I said it's kind of nice to speak about something that happened this century, much less just the weekend before last. You know? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, one day, so, yeah. one day we have to do a show because you said we didn't have to always do true crime. Maybe we'll do a show on just really weird stuff. I yeah. love weird stuff too. Yeah, That's I think right we up should my do. Alley. I think we should do like a potluck weird stuff show, and like, because you write about it every day, and like I said, we love seeing your posts, and like, just pulling up some of the really weird stuff would be cool. Yeah, that was, would be cool. And hey, look at us tonight. We have no shortage of just random weirdness to share yeah, with one another. So. That is true. Well, there, there's no end. Of, I mean, I was just thinking on the chat before this, we were talking about like people we knew that had been involved in. I mean, I wonder how many people know people that have been involved in, you know, crime, you know, I murder. know of one person and I've only met her a couple times. Like she's a really good friend of a friend of mine. And I do you, you guys know I mean obviously besides the case that you're talking about I've never met at least not that I'm aware of of people in like huge traumatic that have experienced huge traumatic events like murder or well I had an aunt that was murdered um, you did mm -hmm. oh no my dad's oh, youngest what? sister was murdered on New Year's Eve um, she was an alcoholic and was beaten to death by her boyfriend, and he only got five years because it was reduced to manslaughter. Oh, it was in Florida, so that probably explains. Yeah, it I had my Sorry step my stepfather that. was murdered, and my mm -hmm. aunt was murdered. So I have murder, and I've got a lot of murder in my family. If you go back mm -hmm. generationally, murderers, I should say. So wow. If you look up the Spicers of Breathitt County, they were they were quite a a clan down there. So. Well, I, maybe I, I just yeah. don't know my family history well enough it, it makes me think just how violent our society can really be because you yeah. know uh when we were talking about that case uh my brother's friend and this was a very close friend i mean they they were in the army together they were in um i mean his mother was murdered and they got i guess ohio gives some sort of settlement to people who have murdered parents victims of violent crimes yes yes yeah. and so he Aww. and his sister got a significant settlement from that i mean not that that makes up for it at all but i can't imagine how traumatic for his best you know one of his best friends in school to get murdered then a couple of years later that would be you know so i mean i would think that would be very triggering yeah mm -hmm. i haven't not that it, there's no one in my family that's been murdered but i've watched somebody commit suicide <gasps> an attempt to suicide once i've talked about this on the show already mm -hmm. so. yeah you, you mentioned it was yeah. at school yeah so yes, the survivor was out of, at indiana university a jumper jumped off of a high building and landed in a canopy so he broke both his legs but he ultimately survived the oh jumper gosh. was in front of a commuter train in uh tokyo and mm -hmm. i was in the front so it was basically i it was when they the um captain of the train um or the what is this that's not that's not the right term uh train yeah train captain conductor uh, conductor conductor thank oh. you he was up front and he was slowing down the train as we were coasting into one of the stations and this was before a lot of the suicide prevention mm -hmm. railings have been put up and uh the woman just ran and 
jumped right in front of the train and I watched her splatter against the windshield and he immediately closed the blinds between um, the cabin and his little conductor area. So if you ever wonder why I don't like body horror, it's because I've actually mm-hmm. witnessed it happen. No. If I had seen so, that in person, I wouldn't know. I can't How do, do you it. sleep at night? Um, I be- there's a lot of little reassurances <laughs> that I have to tell myself whenever I get into any little moving vehicle and the roadway, okay. anything. Oof. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's why I can't do that. A lot of people make fun of me because they're like, you're a horror writer and you write comics about horror and yet you it's can't watch it. And I'm like, because I've witnessed it. it. I've seen person. <laughs> yeah. I've witnessed two people die and one person attempt it. it it's I'm done. No more. Please yeah, live. That's enough. That's you enough. Know, it's, like, it's like the videos of you see that go when an athlete breaks their their leg or limb and people are fascinated by it i'm like that that is no you don't too much empathy i'm just sitting there crying for them like that has to hurt and their families well anyway (laughs) on that note (laughs) on that how do we always end on these extremely morbid notes like because uh, we're because all morbid we're people. About, because the topic yeah. tonight, because the topic tonight is CrimeCon, and so I, I, it was unlikely that the discussion was going to end up on whipped cream and puppies. Right. Well, and I had no one really else weird, to talk but to. I didn't mean together. I meant as separate entities. <laughs> you know, just for you, I am going to take a picture of Chewy with a dollop of whipped cream on his nose, uh, and well, we can end the segment that would be with cute. that. Yes, let's put that picture in. I think that would be adorable. So everyone, that would cheer up everybody. Yes. So thank you, Amy, for joining <laughs> us tonight and telling us about CrimeCon 2021. And here's to future CrimeCons that may we all join them. Yes, for sure. It was a great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, before we, sorry, before we completely jump off, please tell our listening audience about your wonderful blog, The Skeleton Key Chronicles, and where they can find you. Yeah, don't forget to follow me on social media. I have a Facebook page called The Skeleton Key Chronicles, where I post random creepy stories, true crime, and just general weirdness on a daily basis. You can also find all my original content on my blog at www.theskeletonkeychronicles.com. Yes, and you too can enjoy the eight-inch-long eyelashes and other strange stories that Amy finds from around the internet. Oh, thank you everyone for joining us on this wonderful episode. Um, okay, wonderfully more. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Hometown Haunt podcast. We'll see you next week and stay curious. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bef- before we leave, we need to uh, read two Hometown Haunts. You don't have to stay I after know. that, Amy. We're going to oh, read yeah. two. Ho- I was doing, just finishing doing- this little segment. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing thanks two. again. Yeah, we're going to yeah. be doing two hometown hots for the next two because I'm going out of town next week. So uh, your mm. episode is going to be on next week. And uh, the the episode that we recorded before is going to be on this week. Uh, it's awesome. my husband. It's my husband and my 30th anniversary. So we're going up to Vermont. Oh, my gosh. Oh, congratulations. Wow. Well, happy early anniversary. Yeah, congratulations it's a, it's a, on 30 years. Yeah, it's a week from today. So, and oh, actually, wow. we actually say it's 30 murder free years. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way well, to look good. at it. 
You would be surprised at how often spouses resort to murder. No, or I at least just because I'm in a deep dive. Well, okay. He's like, no, I went. <laughs> nope, I get it. Okay. <laughs> are, are you are you trying to tell us something, Christina? <laughs> I, I, I think probably most people are surprised it doesn't happen more often. Right. Well, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> Especially during COVID. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. I, if that's I have why seen a lot of started listening more I, because it, of that. Since we're not, we're not, this isn't going to be in the show, but I've actually seen at least two or three couples get divorced, like just Aww. in the beginning of this year. And I think it is, they've not been around each other when you've been at home locked with someone um, that long. Um, well, yeah. yeah you know you yeah. may find out that you've drifted apart more than you thought or you know who knows what it is that causes the the, the, the catalyst but i've seen at least three couples split yeah, um, yeah. That's hard. it's hard being around people all day endlessly i mean I'm extremely I territorial cat. yeah i mean troy well, yeah. and i have always worked out of the house together so you know i yeah. guess we, we've survived this far we still got to win. Well, yeah. <laughs> 30 so, years is great. Congratulations so, again. So like yeah. if, we, if, if we disappear next week, then maybe you could do some sleuthing. Mm-hmm. I will. Yeah. I hope but you're not near you any cliffs or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, let's get the picture a step back a little bit further. <laughs> Just back up a little bit more. That, that, that really was a case, wasn't it? Some woman it was. Her, was yep. it a new, they were newlyweds though, weren't they or something? It was I, yeah. There's been quite and, a few cases, I think. Yeah, there is. There's been like and a, there were photos. There were actual photos, and uh, she was like near the ledge, and they like solved yes. it with the lighting in the photos. It was really did she? So case. she like took pictures after she murdered him and pretended like like what happened? No, he murdered her. She's oh. the one that went off the edge. That's the one I'm. Mm-hmm. There's so many though. There yeah, really yeah. are. That's them. why I said don't go near any cliffs. I mean, it's so prevalent. <laughs> Or trick in the book date in the woods. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, there's, there's a lot of interesting stories out there. But thanks again for coming on, Amy. Oh my yeah. God. Thanks, you guys. I will oh, talk to you. you later. All right. We'll see you Bye. later. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. For this and one. so now this week's hometown hunt. <clears throat> yeah. So this week's hometown haunt is from Becky, and she writes, John and I were walking around downtown Cincinnati in the summer after we graduated in 1970. We were walking by CHM, or Cincinnati Music Hall. The doors were open and there was some beautiful music drifting outside. We took the liberty of going inside and watching and listening from an upper walkway. This CMH had recently undergone a renovation and it was absolutely beautiful. We had been there a few minutes and I felt a thud by my left foot. I looked down and about six inches away was my foot. Wait, what? (laughs) Ah. I looked down and about six inches away from my foot was a very heavy plaster fleur-de-lis decoration that had, had fallen from the wall at the corner of the wall and the ceiling. If it had hit me on the head, it would not have been a, it would not have been pretty. Just mention I no longer gate crash after the incident. Okay, oh. that's the end. <laughs> I was so close to the end, and I just they, they were not welcome. It. They were well, not welcome. I, th- I no. think it's interesting that it, they had just done a renovation in 1970, so one wonders how many skeletons they found then, because the one they just did, they found a lot more. 
Yeah, it, it's every time they do any excavation, they just pull up skeletons of them. That, um, do they know about how many in. people were buried there before? They can give estimates. Or? They can give mm-hmm. estimates, but the records are very spotty because, I mean, during outbreaks of cholera or yellow fever or anything, mm-hmm. people were dying at such a I want to say it's such a clip so fast that there weren't always accurate records of how many people were put in right. each pit. Yeah. So, and it also depends on who was doing the note taking. Uh, a lot more mm. people, like some people, are much more good thorough. at taking notes, uh, thorough, than others. And what mm. kind of pressure were they under, and all that. So, yeah. Um, I, I'm sure lots. there's probably <laughs> lots is an understatement, but. Mm. Yeah, it, it seems that she may not have been welcome, or thankfully, maybe somebody prevented her from getting hurt. Oh, that's a so, good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah it, it, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of ghosts at the Cincinnati Music Hall. So, I kind of want to say they probably prevented her from getting hurt instead of purposely trying to hurt her. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Becky, for uh, submitting yeah. that wonderful story, especially about our beloved Cincinnati Music Hall. And yeah. on that note, <laughs> thank you for joining us, everyone. You see, can Conan follow. Conan is joining us. <laughs> ah, thank you, Conan, for joining us. Conan. And if you have a Twitter, Conan, I don't see why you wouldn't. You can follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And if you have your own hometown haunt, spooky story, weird history, creepy gifted, or anything fun like that that you would like to share, you can share it to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Kat, that's Jen and Christina. Thank you for joining us and stay curious. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye.